ready. Be ready. Talking about when Jesus comes back, you've got to make sure that you are ready. Let's stand together. Matthew 24 and verse 42. I didn't realize those are the same numbers, just reversed. Watch therefore, for you know not what hour your Lord doth come. Let me read it again. It's short. Watch therefore, for you know not what hour your Lord doth come. Thank you. you may be seated. Talking about getting ready this morning. Getting ready. There's lots of different ways that people get ready. Uh, but one of the ways people get ready is by getting ready for their own funerals. You know, getting ready for your own funeral is helpful for those who are left behind. In fact, there was a man who decided to help his wife pre-plan her funeral, so he bought her a cemetery plot for her birthday. Now, when he gave her the present, she was shocked, but she realized it was a good present. When her birthday came around the next year, her husband didn't get her anything. And she was shocked again, and she asked him why he didn't get her anything. Her husband replied, because you didn't use what I got you last year. Let's look this morning at be ready. First of all, I want to remind you, be ready to die. Be ready to die. Death can come at any moment. You've got to be ready to die. Uh, sometimes we have time to prepare for death. Sometimes we don't. None of us knows when our time will come. As most, if not all of you know, my time actually came last year, about this time last year. That's when my time came. And technically speaking, I did die. And if it weren't for the EMS people that we pray for every week, you know, bringing me back, I wouldn't be here. Uh, so mine came unexpectedly about a year ago. We don't know when our time is going to come. Now let me tell you about this. When I did die last year, I wasn't looking to die. But I was ready to die. I was ready to die. I have no death wish, but I was ready. Getting and keeping our affairs in order is very important when you get ready to die. Whether it's your personal affairs, your financial affairs, also your spiritual affairs. Don't ignore the spiritual not only must your papers be right, your heart must be right too. But sadly, most people ignore the spiritual. They get their personal things in line. They get their, their, family, their funeral pre-planned. They get their financial house in order. But they ignore the spiritual. But know this, the Bible says that death is an appointment. It's an appointment. Look here at Hebrews 9.27. And as is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. Every person must die, the Bible says. It is a divine appointment we must all keep. You know that old joke about people that are always running late and say, well, he's going to be late to his own funeral? It might be funny. It's not true. No one will be late. All will be right on time. It is an appointment, a divine appointment that we all must keep. And one's moment of death cannot be altered. It cannot be moved. And yet think about it. The young live as though they can't die. And the old do whatever they can do to keep from dying, but both are critically wrong. It is an appointment that we all must keep. Even Jesus died once, didn't he? Even Jesus, he died once. He kept his appointment as planned from eternity past. That's why he's called the Lamb of God slain from the foundation of the world. He had an appointment to die, and even Jesus had to keep that appointment. Now we know that after Jesus died... He rose again from the dead, and He is alive forevermore, according to Revelation 1.18. But He had an appointment to die, and He died according to that appointment. My friends, know this, that death is unavoidable. Death is unstoppable. Death is unyielding. And while none of us can stop death, we can prepare for death. And you need to get ready to die. You need to get ready spiritually. There's the old joke, too, about 
this little boy who lived at his grandma's house. And this little boy had a friend, and every time his friend would come over, he would see that boy's grandma's, uh, that grandma sitting in her rocking chair reading the Bible. And every time the boy came over, that, that old lady was reading her Bible. Amen. And so finally, the little boy asked his friend, he says, why is your grandma always reading her Bible? He said, well, I think she's cramming for finals. But the fact of the matter is she was getting ready to die spiritually. And nothing is more important than getting ready to die spiritually. Nothing is more important. Preparation for yourself and for your loved ones. Jesus tells a story in Luke chapter 19. He talks about this rich man. And this rich man has so many riches. And he's filled all his barns with his riches. And he's got more riches. He doesn't know where to put them. He says, I wonder what I'm going to do. I know what I'll do. I'm going to tear down my barns. I'm going to build new barns. And I'll put all my riches in those new barns. He was preparing financially. He was preparing personally. We know he didn't prepare spiritually because when you read the rest of that story, God comes to that rich man that night and he says, you fool. God calls him. He says, you fool. You've made all these preparations for everything else and you've ignored your soul. He didn't make spiritual preparation. We need to make sure we are prepared spiritually. And how do you get ready spiritually? How are you prepared spiritually? By receiving Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Believing that Jesus died on the cross to pay for your sins. That Jesus was buried for your sins. And the third day Jesus rose again from the dead. This is how you get prepared. How you get ready to die spiritually. But you also need to get ready to die physically. I mean make sure you have a will and your life insurance up to date. And pre-planning and all of that. But we also need to get ready to die relationally. Patch up relationships. If there's somebody you're not getting along with. Whatever. Whether it's in your family or a friend or something. Go fix things up. Go apologize. Whatever. You never know when it's the last time you're ever going to see them, the last time you're ever going to get to talk to them. But number one, make sure you're ready to die spiritually. But then get ready to die physically and relationally. Because know this, your appointment with death with death will come whether you're ready or not. Whether you're ready or not, your appointment with death will come. Make sure you're ready. Now I will tell you, I'm ready to die. The question I have for you is, are you ready to die? Again, I don't have a death wish. I'm not hoping to die. I'm just letting you know, a year ago, when I did die, I was ready. And a year later, I'm still ready. I'm ready to die. Are you? So, get ready. Be ready to die. But secondly, from our passage here, get ready to fly. Be ready to fly. Jesus can come back at any moment. We don't know when He will return. We just know that He will return. In fact, look in verse 43. Jesus tells a parable here about a thief. He says, But know this, that if the good men of the house had known and what watch the thief would come, he would have watched and would not have allowed his house to be broken up. Not only that, Jesus says in the next verse, verse 44, that he's going to come when we least expect him. Let me read that. Therefore be also ready, for in such an hour you think not, the Son of Man comes. And then Paul uses this idea of a thief as well. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 2, look at this. For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. And so we don't know when Jesus is coming back, but we know He's coming back. Again, He tells a story about a thief. He says He's going to come back when we're not expecting Him. And Paul says He's coming like a thief in the night. And as I told the children, when Jesus returns in the air... His faithful will rise to meet Him. When He comes back in the air for what we call the rapture, His faithful will rise 
to meet him. Now, what's that going to be like? Well, uh, Paul talks about that in 1 Thessalonians 4, verses 16 and 17. Let me read that for you. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Let me point out a few things about this. First of all, Paul lets us know that when the Lord comes back, it's going to be personal. He says there, the Lord himself shall descend from heaven. Uh, He doesn't send some angel. He doesn't send some other created being. The Lord himself comes back for the rapture. He comes back personally to gather his people, the church. As he promised in John 14, 3, he says, And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. Jesus leaves the glories of heaven for a second time. He leaves the glories of heaven for a second time. Not to suffer this time like the first time. He's coming this time to permanently relieve our suffering, to get us out of here forever and ever. And so we see that the rapture of the Lord, it is personal. Secondly, it's public. I will tell you now, I don't believe in a secret or private rapture. A lot of people do. They think the rapture is going to take happen and nobody notices, nobody sees They just notice a bunch of people missing. I don't believe in that. I believe that every ear will hear the archangel's voice. Again, look back to this. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel. I believe every ear will hear the archangel's voice. And not only will they hear the archangel's voice, they're going to hear the trumpet of God. Look at the next phrase there. And with the trump of God. I believe that every ear will hear that. But if that weren't enough, Revelation 1-7 says, Every eye shall see him. Every eye shall see him shall see him. Now, how does that work? Because, you know, when you're, when you're here, and if Jesus, say, he returns over, you know, in Jerusalem, over there on the Mount of Olives, they just say that's where it happens. How are we supposed to see that? Well, God could supernaturally alter the laws of physics so that every eye can see him. No matter where he comes back, every eye can see him. But you don't even have to get supernatural this morning. You know very well that nothing happens on this world stage without the cameras of ABC, CBS, CNN. They all catch it. And not only that, everybody has a cell phone. And I guarantee you, if Jesus returns, people are going to record that and post it immediately to YouTube. So every eye will see. I believe it will be supernatural. But you don't even have to get supernatural with me on that. Every eye will see. And if that weren't enough, graves will be open worldwide. As believers who passed away and were buried, they'll rise. And if that weren't enough, all believers will ascend. All living believers will ascend to be with the Lord. So I don't believe in a private, secret rapture. I believe that every ear will hear the archangel's voice and the trump of God. I believe that every eye will see the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe the graves will be opened worldwide. And I believe that all believers will ascend to meet the Lord in the air. I don't see anything private about any of that. And so we see the rapture of the Lord. It's personal. It is public. Thirdly, it's precise. First of all, it's precise concerning who gets to go in the rapture. Believers only are taken. Nobody else. Only believers are taken. Unbelievers are left behind. Look here at verses uh, 40 and 42. It says, For two shall be in the field, the one shall be taken, the other left. Two women shall be grinding at the mill, the one shall be taken, the other left. No matter how close an unbeliever might be to the believer, maybe they're walking together hand in hand, holding hands, and Jesus comes back for the rapture, the believer's going, the unbeliever's staying behind. 
A husband and wife might be sleeping in bed together. One's a believer, one's an unbeliever. The Lord Jesus comes back in the rapture. The believers go and the unbeliever stays behind. And if you think this world is bad now, just wait until after the rapture. I heard twice this morning before early service, two different people told me, said, man, things are getting so bad in the world. You know, they're watching the news. Things are getting so bad. Well, if you think things are bad now, just wait till after the rapture. Think about it. After the, after the rapture, there'll be no believers living righteously and praying. There won't be any of that. We'll be gone. There'll be no Holy Spirit restraining sin. Now, Paul talks about that here in 2 Thessalonians 2.7. It sounds a little cryptic, but I'll explain it. He says, For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. It's talking about the Holy Spirit will be taken out of the way. How does that work? Well, the Holy Spirit lives in believers. And once believers are gone, Holy Spirit is gone with us. And that leaves this earth to become a moral or rather an immoral free-for-all. You think it's bad now. You just wait till after the rapture. But when you think about it, this is what the world thinks it wants now. They don't want people praying in school. They don't want Ten Commandments posted anywhere. They don't want to acknowledge that the United States has a Christian godly foundation. They don't want to acknowledge any of that. Well, after the rapture, they're going to get what they think they've wanted all along and they're going to be sorry they got it. Again, you think it's bad now. You just wait till after the rapture. And so the rapture is very precise, not only with who goes, but there's a very precise order. Again, back to the scripture. It says the Lord descends. That's the first thing. The archangel shouts. The trumpet blows. Dead believers rise. And then, this isn't included here, but it's somewhere else, all believers receive new bodies. Now this is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 52, but notice there's a connection here with the trump of God. In a moment, in the twinkling of eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. And then, back to our text, all believers will ascend to meet the Lord. And so this is what the rapture is going to be like. Personal, the Lord himself. Public, every eye shall see, every ear shall hear. Precise, believers only are going. And there's a precise order. And the last thing I want to point out from our text is that this will be permanent. Verse 17 there says, forever we will be with the Lord. Forever we will be with the Lord. It's permanent. We will never be separated from the Lord Jesus Christ again. We're separated now. Oh, he lives in us through his spirit, but he's not physically here. But when we go there, we will be physically together forever. It's permanent. So that's why I say not only be ready to die, but be ready to fly. Because that's what the rapture is all about. Be ready to fly. And we sing about it. You know that old song, I'll fly away? Some glad morning when this life is o'er, I'll fly away. To a home on God's celestial shore, I'll fly away. I'll fly away, O glory, I'll fly away. When I die, hallelujah by and by, I'll fly away. Be ready to fly. Even if we die before the rapture, we will be immediately transported to heaven. 2 Corinthians 5.8 says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And I don't know how that works, but it certainly involves some kind of flying. I want you to know this morning, not only am I ready to die, I'm ready to fly. Not only am I saved, not only is Jesus my Savior, but most of you know this, I'm a pilot too. I'm ready to fly. So be ready to die. Be ready to fly. And then thirdly, be ready to cry. Be ready to cry. 
Sadly, as I mentioned, there will be those who are left behind. Again, we read about that in verses 40 and 41. There will be those who are left behind. Jesus' rapture initiates a time of unprecedented sorrow and tribulation. And everyone will cry on the day that Jesus returns. Look in verse 30. And then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven, and then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn. They're going to cry. And they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. Get ready to cry. Everyone will cry on the day that Jesus returns. The unbelieving will cry tears of remorse. Why didn't I get ready? They will cry. Why did I let other things become more important in my life? And no matter how many tears these unbelievers have shed in the past, any of those tears shed in the past will pale in comparison to the tears they will shed the day they see Jesus in all his glory. But not only will the unbelieving cry tears of remorse, the faithful believers will cry as well. We will cry tears of joy. Tears of joy. As we meet Jesus face to face in the air. As we are reunited with our believing loved ones in the air. We're going to cry tears of joy. You say, wait a second, Brother Gary. I thought the Bible said there's no tears in heaven. God wipes away all the tears. Okay, that's true. While there are no tears in heaven, the rapture is not in heaven, but it is on or at least above the earth. And we will cry, but not tears of sorrow. We'll cry tears of joy. This thing that we've been waiting for, this thing that we've heard about, this things we've been planning for, the rapture, it'll happen. And we will all rejoice in tears. And so be ready to die. Be ready to fly. Be ready to cry. Let me just boil it down. Be ready. Be ready. Getting ready is the most important thing you can do for yourself. Getting ready is the most important thing you can do for your loved ones. Getting ready is the most important thing you can do for your pastor. Somebody's going to preach your funeral. It might be me. It might not be me. But you're going to find somebody. Your family's going to find somebody to preach your funeral somewhere. And as a pastor, I'm just asking, go easy on us, please. Go easy on us. It is hard to comfort the family knowing their loved one is burning in hell. That makes it very difficult for a pastor to stand up there and try to comfort the family knowing whoever their loved one is, is burning in hell. I will tell you this. This is not intended as a joke, but it's funny. Somebody helped me with my sermon after early service. He said, well, you mentioned be ready to die and be ready to fly and be ready to cry. He said, well, if they go to hell, they need to be ready to fry. That's what he said. But that's exactly true. Be ready to fry. If you haven't received Christ as your Savior, I will tell you, as a minister, it is much easier to comfort the family knowing their loved one is rejoicing in heaven. Oh, it still hurts. It's still sad. Of course, you've lost a loved one. But you know they're in heaven. You know they're with the Lord Jesus Christ. You know they're rejoicing. That makes it much easier. So I'm begging you, whoever preaches your funeral, go easy on them. Get ready spiritually. In fact, the Bible says doesn't just, doesn't just say get ready. It says, get ready now. Get ready now. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 6, 2, Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. It doesn't say tomorrow. It doesn't say next week. It doesn't say once you get your house settled. It doesn't say, you know, once you get your new job or whatever. It says now, today. And so don't just get ready. Get ready now. Get ready today. 
Now is the accepted time. That word in Greek means now is the favorable time. Tomorrow may not be favorable. You might not be here tomorrow. I might not be here tomorrow. Tomorrow may be too late. Tomorrow is not guaranteed. Neither is even later on today. We don't even know if we're going to get out of this building today. We don't know that. But what we do know is now. Now. Get ready now. You say, well, how do I get ready? You get ready by believing the gospel. The fact that Jesus Christ died on the cross to pay for your sins. That he was buried for your sins. And the third day he rose again from the dead. Well, Brother Gary, that sounds too easy. You're right. He did all the work. All we do is receive. All we do is believe. He's done everything else. And this is the one and only way to get ready to die. This is the one and only way to get ready to fly. This is the one and only way to get ready to cry. This is the one and only way to be ready. Only by grace through faith in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so my friends, I just want to remind you, be ready to die. Yeah, you've got to take care of those personal things. You've got to take care of those financial things. That's all important. But nothing is more important than getting ready spiritually. Make sure you're ready to die spiritually. I was ready a year ago. I'm ready a year later. I'm still ready. I'm not looking to die, but I'm ready. And I want all of you to be ready. I don't want you to die, but I want you to be ready to die. Be ready to die. Secondly, be ready to fly. I don't know if you're afraid of heights. I don't know, but I think that'll all go away when you get your new body. You don't have to worry about it. When the Lord Jesus returns in the air, you're going, and it'll all be good, I promise. And be ready to cry. Not tears of sorrow, but as I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, tears of joy. Finally, the rapture has occurred. I'm with Jesus forever and ever and ever. Again, be ready. It's the most important thing you can do for yourself. It's the most important thing you can do for your loved ones. It's really important that you do it for us. I say us because I don't know who's preaching your funeral. Be ready. And there's only one way. By grace through faith in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the hope that we're given. The rapture will happen. We can be ready to die. We're all going to die, but we can be ready. But only through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. If there's anybody who is here in this room, anybody who's watching online, who's not ready, get them ready by grace through faith in Christ alone. Father, have your will and way in this time of invitation. We thank you in Jesus' name.